Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the day after. Yes, the day after a wild and very consequential election. We talked the last couple of days, focused this show on how important the 2021 off-year elections, normally an election that wouldn't get a lot of attention, were to the future of America, to predicting what might happen in 2022, and exactly that happened last night. This was a compass-setting election from the lowest offices, school board and mayors and local races, all the way up to the top of the ticket, Glenn Youngkin leading a sweep of the top three statewide offices for Republicans in Virginia. The first time that's happened in a dozen years, the American people sent a powerful message, and it is a buyer's remorse message. If you're Joe Biden and the Democrats, they just told you they're not happy with where this country is going. 60, more than 60% of Virginia voters said the country's going in the wrong direction. People who voted for Biden switched parties in large numbers going for Yunkum. And I think as I wrote in my analysis this morning, the message that Americans have sent is, and whether it's defunding the police, critical race theory and extremist ideologies and education, government intervention in the economies, more taxes when people want less taxes. That's what drove this extraordinary race in New Jersey, where the Republican and the Democrat are tied in a race that was supposed to be a 10-pointer. The American people said, we have drifted too far to the left, too far to the left. And the most interesting finding, you know, a lot of times people are so busy, they don't have a time to dig into the exit polls. But I went through the Fox and CNN and AP exit polls, and there's something really fascinating. For the first time that I can remember in a very long time, voters in Virginia said that Democrats are the party that have gone to extreme. Normally, Republicans win that battle by a little bit. They're usually viewed as more extreme. But for the first time, electorate in Virginia, which was a solidly blue state for 12 years, used to be a purple state, used to be a red state. So it's gone red, purple, blue, back to red. The voters saw extremism in what the Joe Biden agenda is, in what the defunding police movement was. The BLM boomerang occurred. Minneapolis rejected getting rid of its police department. A common sense, I think, vote by the people of Minneapolis who went through the very painful George Floyd tragedy and still said that's not worth getting rid of police department. That's a bridge too far, an action too far. Extremism, overplaying their hand. That is the message 
that voter sent. Listen, there are still a lot of voters that would like to vote for Democrats, but they do not like this conglomeration, the policies, the rhetoric, the I know better than you, big government approach. And I think today, more than any other moment in history, the Democrats got a very, very dire message. You're on the wrong course. Republicans are talking about the economy. They're talking about education. They want to lower my taxes, not raise them. Those were winning issues, whether you were in New Jersey, where Secarelli did an extraordinary job and it really shocked the polls. Even if he loses at the end of the day, we don't know. He was a shocker. Youngkin winning so big. All three of the top Virginia races, and it looks like the House of Delegates as well, all go red after a blue wave for many years. Those are powerful, unmistakable, compass-setting messages from the American electorate. And now the big question is, will Joe Biden and the Democrats listen, or will they double down on their agenda? Right now, today, there are signs we're doubling down. And then the second question is, will Republicans take the ball that was just given to them and execute the way the American public wants? No more infighting, no more hand grenades in your own foxhole, all Republicans working together. Look at how Trump and Youngkin work together. Youngkin couldn't have Trump too front and center, given that it was a purple state, but he accepted the endorsement. Donald Trump was polite, came in last minute, rallied his base. That was the sort of cohesiveness that Republicans have lacked for the last few years. And you saw it in Virginia. And guess what? It's a winning election. Now, Democrats could also learn from this and make some course corrections, much like Bill Clinton did in 1994 when he moved from the far left agenda of his wife with universal health care and other things and triangulated and tried to move towards the center. Joe Biden might do that, but there are signs today that that is not going to happen. How do I say that? This morning, House Democrats put back into their massive spending bill a mandatory paid leave for workers provision that they had taken out in a gesture to Joe Manchin. In other words, they're doubling down. They're actually saying, Joe Manchin, even though your views are much more aligned with how people voted last night, we don't care anymore. We're doubling down. That dynamic we're going to watch because it will define the outcome of the next five to 15 years in American politics. That's how consequential these next few elections are. What sort of country we're going to be is going to be defined by what happened last night, what's happening in 2022, and what's going to happen in 2024. We are, as many great historians like to say, in a watershed moment in American history. And the heart, mind, soul, pocketbook, and fiber of the great experiment that is America will be defined by what choices we make in elections and policies and national security over the next few months. All right, we've got an incredible show for you. Two blockbuster guests back to back. First up, the former Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Newt Gingrich is in the House. He is going to walk us through what happened last night. The big, the small messages is the man that gave America the contract with America. He has a way of taking the pulse of America in ways that very few political leaders ever have. As an elder statesman, he's going to come here and help us make sense of this dramatic election last night. And then we're going to go down to Texas because What Texas, the state of Texas, and its attorney general, Ken Paxton, have been doing is fighting the very Biden agenda items that America last night through the ballot box said, we don't like. We don't like. How about that? So we're going to see where Ken Paxton is going next as attorney general. I think he has 18 lawsuits against the Biden administration. I believe he's nine for nine in district court rulings. 
He's been very successful, whether it's the Stay in Mexico program, the Title 42, challenging things from the border to censorship to vaccine mandates. We're going to get an update from him. Also want his readout on the election. There's a Republican elected in San Antonio last night. That's like snow falling in the Amazon forest. That's how significant that is. We're going to find out from him all of those very important steps ahead. I believe Texas has some tricks up its sleeve and may be emboldened by last night's election. Now, we're going to go to commercial break. We're going to bring Newt Gingrich in, followed by Ken Paxton. But before we do that, I want to step back for one second and just think about one thing. Over the last year, we here at Just the News have spent a lot of time, particularly with our great reporter, Greg Piper, with our colleague, Daniel Payne, with so many people that we've worked with. We've chronicled the ideology, the leftist Marxist-inspired ideology that crept into America's school systems while we were asleep at the switch. We were busy. And it was only because of the pandemic that parents started to say, what are they teaching my kids? Wait a second, stop, they're at home, I don't like this. Well, one of those ideologies, one of those curriculum-infused lessons was a thing called critical race theory, which at its base teaches our children that the color of your skin is predeterminative of what you're going to be in life. If you're white, you're going to be an oppressor. If you're black, you're always going to be oppressed. And that America is, by this ideology, by this curriculum, a inherently racist country. All right, that's a very powerful thing to say. It's it, To me, it's very painful and unnecessary. It's not true. But think about the message that American voters sent last night. Not in the fact that they flipped some of these school boards that were teaching him, not because Glenn Youngkin, who ran and fighting against these curriculum, uh, won. Something else happened. And I'm just going to rattle off some extraordinary things. The very first Latino attorney general of Virginia, the very first black woman as lieutenant governor in Virginia, the first Asian mayor of Boston, the second black mayor in the first in over a quarter century in New York City, the first ever black district attorney in New York City. Time and time and time again last night, candidates of color, Republican, Democrat, independent, they won races last night. It's the ultimate statement that we can't be an inherently racist country. We wouldn't have elected all of the people that were elected last night if we were that racist as these race hustlers who, who take critical race theory into indoctrinating our children have been trying to argue. Last night's election results not only rejected critical race theory at the school board level or at the policy level, in the candidates they chose, they inherently debunked the idea that this country is somehow internally racist, irrevocably unfixable racist. It isn't. We elect people of color. We elect people of different heritages and backgrounds and ethnicities because we're trying to pick the best people we think serve. And we don't do a litmus test on skin color first. We don't. Hey, are there still problems with racism? Sure, you can find pockets of it. Are there racist individuals? Of course. But America, maybe it's had a troubled history in the past. Slavery, we have some dark moments on our record. But we're at a point now where a Latino, an African-American, an Asian can be elected to office without any problem because we are beyond the worst parts of racism in America. We've moved beyond that. And we really are about who's qualified, who's got the best policies. And we live together in much more harmony than the Black Lives Matter crowd, than the AOC crowd. 
the effort to divide America with these false narratives is being rejected both in action and in reality. And I think last night, that's one way to read the election results that you might not hear in the mainstream media today and tomorrow. All right, we're going to take that commercial break. When we come back, first up, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, followed by a very active and in the headlines often Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton. We're so grateful both men are joining us today. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Yes, the smoke is clearing and people are now getting a real understanding of the incredible tectonic shift in political plates that occurred last night in America. And to help us make sense of that, someone I can't think any better to make sense of it, the former Speaker of the House, the best-selling author, who, by the way, has a new book out, Beyond Biden, get it today. I'm going to give you a link on Twitter so you can buy it quickly. Uh, Newt Gingrich is joining us. Speaker Gingrich, good to have you on. Well, it's great to be with you, and this is an absolutely amazing day. I mean, I I just can't uh, imagine uh, the diff- all the many different things that happen all over the country. The school boards that were turned, the county commissions that were turned, uh, not just the big national headline stuff like the remarkable victory of Youngkin in, in Virginia and the lieutenant governor and the attorney general, all of which is remarkable. But, for example, Ed Burr is a truck driver. Isn't it amazing? In Jersey. Uh, spent about $200. $50 of it, I think, was on Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, beat the uh, Senate president in New Jersey. Now, when when the Senate president had like $2 million in his bank but didn't spend it because he knew this independent trucker didn't have any campaign. Right. When you get that kind of a transition, uh First thing you know, of course, is people are really angry, uh, and they they walked in to make sure they weren't going to vote for the Senate president. But from the Democrat standpoint, this was happening at every level. We we won a uh, state legislative race in San Antonio, 73 percent Hispanic district, uh, and the fact is, it is now uh, the uh, Republican seat. Uh, we we swept places like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, yeah. where we captured both the school board and the county commission. And, of course, when you realize that in Virginia, not only did Glenn Youngkin win a historic victory, but his lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears, 
is a immigrant from Jamaica, served in the American military, became both the first woman and the first African-American to uh, serve statewide uh, in Virginia. Uh, his attorney general, who was carried in, Jason Meares, as the son of a Cuban exile. Uh, <clears throat> this was a truly diverse team uh, that put together a, a remarkable sweep. Um, and uh, I think that we are really looking at um, very profound changes around the country. And, and uh, in Pennsylvania, for example, we picked up two uh, Supreme Court seats. Uh, it, was, it was a 5-3 Democrat Supreme Court. It's now a 5-3 Republican Supreme Court. Uh, and that really mattered because uh, you were faced with uh, potentially uh, redistricting going to the Supreme Court. And the Democrat strategy had been that they'd write it in the Supreme Court. Now the Republicans control that support. Uh, also, I should say, in, in Seattle, for the first time in more than three decades, uh, we elected a Republican city attorney, Ann Davidson, yeah. uh, defeating a radical Democrat. And, of course, in Minneapolis, the voters overwhelmingly rejected the proposal to abolish the police force. So a lot of different things happening out there that are very, very exciting. There's one irony to this, and you know, we just spent a year educating the American public about this critical race theory and this concept that some educators wanted to poison our children's minds with, that your skin color determines your outcome, that if you're white, you're always going to be oppressed. If you're uh, a, a, a black, you're going to always be oppressed. Last night, the idea that America is an inherently racist country was blown away purely by the results. A Lat Latino attorney general, like you said, a, a African female lieutenant governor, an Asian mayor in Maryland, a black mayor in New York City. There is no uh, glass ceiling on politics. And the idea that there is um, a, an inherently racist America is kind of blown away by the results, aren't there? I, I think that, uh, you know, in a sense, you had the ultimate expression of it over the weekend when uh, McAuliffe said that there were too many white teachers. Now, how, how could you make a more clearly racist comment exactly. than to define that there are too many teachers as defined by their racial status? Yeah. Sort of the opposite of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s argument that what he cared about was the uh, content of your character, not the color of your skin. Yeah, such a great point. Uh, time and time again, Democrats showed us their two colors. Uh, they didn't believe parents should have a say in schools. That's what Terry McAuliffe said, and he believed it. I'm sure he did believe that he thinks there are too many white teachers. They really did show the, 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 the elitist sort of thinking that they have, and America has just said, we're done with this. We don't want it. How, what does this mean? You look at this now. You're the man who brought Republicans to power for the first time in a half century in Congress in 1994. What does this bode for the 2022 elections and control of well, Congress? Well, uh, I, I talked to Joe Gaylord, who had been my great partner in oh, planning sure. the campaign. And we both had this attitude of we've been here before. You know, 92, they elect a guy who, Jim, who campaigns on being a moderate, so goes to the left. Uh, Clinton alienates the country, 94, 93, we begin picking up, you know, governorships and mayorships and what have you. 2008, uh, they elect a Democrat who claims to be a moderate, goes to the left. 2009, we yeah. begin picking up governorships, mayorships, et cetera. Uh, we're right back in the same business. I mean, uh, the, the number one reality about big government socialism is it just doesn't work. And every American who fills up their car 
or every American who's beginning to think about the cost of heating oil this fall, or every American who sees the rise in the price of food, or every American who watches a border that's wide open, all of them know this ain't working. And so uh, I see this as being exactly the same parallel to what we saw uh, in the past. And I suspect my, my personal projection is plus four in the Senate and probably uh, plus between 40 and 70 in the House. Wow. That's a tsunami. <laughs> that would be well, a, will, I, think, yeah. I think it will be a tsunami yeah. because they can't get out of who they are. You know, that's so fascinating because after your revolution in 1994, which really, I mean, in my lifetime, that was the single greatest political earthquake I'd ever experienced. You, you saw uh, Bill Clinton do something that Dick Morris encouraged him to do, triangulate, moderate, kind of fit between the left of your party and the right of the Newt Gingrich revolution. I don't think Joe Biden and this crowd have the political capability to do that, right? They're too hostage to the left. Triangulation would probably be a good idea for Biden right now. Move to the center. Do you see that happening? Well, look, it's not just that. I mean, you're, you're faced with, uh, in Biden, somebody who clearly doesn't have the mental energy to, yeah. to, to maneuver. I mean, both Clinton and, and Obama were very good politicians. They're both very smart, and they had the capacity to maneuver. Yeah, great um, point. I mean, Kamala is so far to the left and so dumb that uh, she can't possibly be helpful here. Uh, and at the same time, uh, every evidence we have is that, the, that, that President Biden is simply out of it, that, that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand this stuff. I mean, a guy who falls asleep at, at an international conference <laughs> yes. is probably not the guy who's going to lead you out of the wilderness. Yeah, that's probably a really good point indeed. Um you know, I, you probably couldn't have launched a better day to launch your book uh, Beyond Biden on a day when the voters kind of voted beyond Biden. They like basically said, we're done with the guy. Right. Tell us about this book and what, uh, you know, you've written all these amazing well, best-selling books. I'm, I'm very proud of Beyond Biden, first of all, because we decided that we are not in any way going to write an anti-Biden book because we think Biden will do enough to destroy himself, but we don't need to don't spend time on that, huh? <laughs> and, and we don't think that's the real issue. The real issue is how do you get America modernized so that we can compete successfully with China, so our children can get really good educations, so we can control the border uh, in a positive and humane way, so we can reform the Pentagon and the intelligence services. I mean, we have big things to do that are a lot bigger than just, um, you know, attacking Joe Biden. And so... Beyond Biden tries to lay out, here's where we need to go when we win, which I think we will, and here's why it really matters. And I think that uh, we are we're in a position now where the country's you know coming alive. I mean, everything from 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 uh, uh, you know chanting to to uh, last night when when the, the Atlanta Braves fans booed the head of organized baseball, who's the guy who had uh, taken the uh, all-star game out of Atlanta. And right. The very fact that he had the, he was so toned deaf he would actually show up uh, tells you something. Um, and I think that that whole, uh, you know, the, the Let's Go Brandon is, is in many ways, um, I think, the epitome of the country finding a way to have a voice despite the New York Times and Washington Post, et cetera. 
Yeah, it, it is such an amazing moment. And and you know, some people have told me, uh, let's go, Brandon, is really our generation's Yankee Doodle Dandy. Mockery that had a powerful message beneath it. Beneath it. And, uh, you know, you write in the book, and this is something that I'm, I'm really fascinated by, that the everybody on, on the left, including big tech, misinterpreted the mandate they got in 2020. And also the American public maybe are beginning to realize that that coalition, big tech, the big media, and and the, the far left Democrats, actually thrive on division because division distracts from the failure of their policies, and it's great business for Facebook and Twitter when the country's divided. Talk a little bit about what you you, you write about in the book about this, and and also the idea that unifying the country was never the Democrats' agenda. Well, I look, I think that that the the Democratic Party has been taken over by big government socialists. They are determined to fundamentally, profoundly change America. They are the kind of people who ultimately destroyed the Obama presidency and ultimately destroyed the Clinton presidency. Uh, And uh, in fact, they resented the failure of Clinton to stand up and fight, even at the cost of not getting reelected, because they're not in this business to just be normal, traditional politicians. They're in this business to, to impose on America a radically different system, uh, both a big government socialism, but also uh, a deeply anti-American model of cultural values, uh, captured by, um, you know, what what um, what the what McAuliffe said on Sunday about uh, that there are too many white teachers. I mean, these are people who want to divide America racially, repudiate our history take over the economy that has been the most successful in the world and have a hopelessly corrupt unionized bureaucracy run it. Uh, and they, they, are, they are indifferent to opposite. They, they think if we are opposed to them, the trick is to run over us uh, and to use the FBI, for example, to shut up parents at school board meetings, things that are going to be just, you know, 75 or 80 percent of the American people are going to repudiate this. We, we have a project called the American Majority Project. And the more we test people, yeah. the more we realize how, how deeply opposed they are to, to this kind of behavior and how much they want a, a very, very different approach. And uh, I think that uh, we're gonna, you're going to see more elections like this. You know, Rasmussen just reported today, 72% of the country says cancel culture is out of control. Well, those are the people who voted for Yunkin, those are the people who voted uh, for Ed Burr, who's the trucker who spent, actually I checked, he spent $153 on his campaign, uh, 66 of which he spent at Dunkin' Donuts. So, and he beat the state Senate president in New Jersey. Now, you you know, you, that's when you know the country's in rebellion. It, you, you do, you absolutely do. I wanna ask you one last question. I know how busy you are. Um, you have all this extraordinary data from your research, which we've done uh, done about a dozen stories here at Justin News. We're fascinated by the polling and the research you're doing. You've got all the exit polls and learnings from last night. You're sitting in front of the Republican team for 2022 and 2024. What is your advice on how to keep winning? Well, my advice is first to consistently describe and, and stay on top of the big government socialists because only one out of every six Americans favors big government socialism. And we have to do to the American left what Margaret Thatcher did to British uh, socialists, which was basically eliminate them. They they haven't been competitive in 40 years uh, because of the work she did. We need to have the same thing. Second, I think we're ultimately next year going to need a contract with America type approach 
because we need to say, and, and Youngkin did a very good job of this, and my book, Beyond Biden, is designed to help facilitate this, but we need to give people positive reasons uh, to vote for us, and I recommend to everybody Youngkin's acceptance speech uh, yeah. when he really outlined a very positive vision of he what did. they're going to do starting on day very one. Very Reagan-esque. Yep. That's, so that's what we need. We One, to find them out of the game. Two, come up with, and I think I would recommend that Republicans at every level spend March and April in town hall meetings listening to the American people, and then from that develop a new contract that we can't tell you today what it would be because we owe it to the American people to listen to, to listen them. listen first. Yeah, that's what uh, that's really what Yunka did. He listened to them, and then he built a, a, a agenda around them. And I guess he might have made fleece vests uh, fashionable now too. I, I think people are going to go out and get a fleece vest. <laughs> it certainly works for him. Yeah, but it does. Big tall guy. He may be able to handle it better than some people. I think that's right. But I'll tell you something everybody should go buy, and that is your new book, Beyond Biden. I got mine this morning. Folks, we're going to get that uh, link out to you. Uh, get an early copy. It just went on sale in the last 24 hours. It is a extraordinary uh, manuscript that really, I think, defines the state of America and what the real issues are, not the stuff we get distracted in the media. Speaker Gingrich, thank you so much. Every time you come on this show, we learn so much, and we're so grateful for your insights. Well, thank you. Good talking to you. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Ken Paxton from the Texas Attorney General's Office here next. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A very special guest, a man who's been in the center of the news, whether it's at the Supreme Court or down at the border. Joining us right now, the great attorney general from the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton. General Paxton, great to have you back on the show. Hey, I really appreciate it. It's good to be back. A lot of amazing stuff going on right now. There sure is. And, you know, uh, we look out and as journalists, you have been the vanguard of attorney generals who have been um, uh, fighting the Biden agenda and contesting things. I think a lot of people in middle America are unhappy with. And last night, middle America got to weigh in on the same issues. How do you read the election results from last night? Well, I think I think I read it in a very positive way. I think Americans spoke up last night and and basically said, we don't like this Biden agenda, this Biden agenda that is anti-American, whether it's related to you know Afghanistan, whether it's related to the border, whether it's related to energy independence, whether it's related to spending, whether it's related to taxes, what you name the issue, it's been a disaster for, for Americans. And I think Americans spoke up last night. And I, I really do wish that, that 
people would realize, and I think they did, but there's still plenty of people that don't realize how dangerous this administration is to America. It was a stunning moment. I was watching for a little bit, and David Axelrod, you know, who put together the winning Obama coalition, said the Democratic Party doesn't realize that this we know better than you uh, elitism really disconnects them from the everyday voter, the people who work with their hands. Uh, and I, I was really shocked to hear a liberal speak so uh, cogently against this. But a lot of what you're fighting is the U.S. government saying, we know better for Texas than Texas, or we know better than parents for their children. Is there a rejection of this sort of big government elitism that may be starting to run through the country? Yeah, I think there is. And I think it's even more than just we know better. It's, it's we're going to do things that uh, you won't like and are bad for you. Because we have another agenda. Whatever that agenda is, yeah. I don't know. But it's, you cannot tell me that this is all accidental, that this crisis on the border and these other actions are just accidental. There, there would be some good happening if that were true. That they're all, everything they're doing hurts America, hurts the average American. Whether the average American knows it or not, that's happening. And so it's hard to view it as just elitism. It's, it's something beyond that. It's, it's, it's something that yeah, says, hey, we, are, yeah, we, don't, we don't even like you. We're not we're not for you. It is. A, it was a stunning moment. I mean, when you think that the Republican is still up in New Jersey at this moment, uh, Youngkin easily wins. Uh, there was this, this reverberation. Uh, you um, you have been one, at the forefront of fighting the critical race theory and, and 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 some of the extremist ideology that was seeping into the schools. But at its heart, the, the lessons that they were teaching children with CRT is that America is inherently racist. But last night. We uh, we elected the first Latino attorney general in Virginia's history, the first female black lieutenant uh, general, uh, lieutenant governor of, of Virginia, a black mayor in uh, New York City for the first time in a quarter century, two Asian mayors in big cities. Doesn't last night's election results basically completely blow away the concept that we're an inherently racist country? Yeah, look, we, we had some uh, our, our beginnings were not good, but. Over the years, we have made tremendous progress, and I think we should focus on uniting as Americans and continuing to, to fight real racism, but not create this this mantra that every everybody's racist and teach our kids that they are inherently racist. That's just not true. It's a false teaching. It's it's more in line with Marxism than it is freedom. Well, it is in line with Marxism, and it's opposing freedom, and it, it it's it's wrong. Yeah, such an important message that I think the voters sent from the local races all the way to the tops of the ticket. Um, the border, you're doing amazing work. There's so many important lawsuits. I want to ask you about one of the ones that's really kind of getting ripe now, the Title 42 challenge, this idea that the government should have the power to turn away people who pose a public health threat. How is that case going and what should we be looking for in that case? So we're still in the middle of that one. And clearly, uh, we still have people coming across the border with COVID. The, the, the problem we have is the federal government doesn't vaccinate those people and they don't test them. And so and then they they send them all over the country, particularly to uh, Republican states to spread COVID. Meanwhile, they're telling Amer the companies that, that have some type of contract with the government or who are federal workers that they that they have to fire their workers who haven't gotten vaccinated. So those two things don't go together. And I don't think the federal government wants to know if these illegals have COVID. And I think that's why they don't test them. They don't want it, no, because then they would be responsible under Title 42 to immediately deport them. And they don't want to do that. They'd rather let them spread COVID, which means people are going to die. 
Yeah, the public health consequences are huge. And uh, that case, I think, is going to be one of the ones that are going to bubble up in the next few weeks with rulings. That's going to be such an important one. Um, you've had enormous success at the district court level. I think you've won eight or nine, nine of nine uh, on all the lawsuits that you've uh, taken up against the Biden administration. I understand from talking to folks in Texas that you're looking at challenging possibly another a part of the Biden agenda, and that's the Central, uh, Central American Minors Program, where the adult parents get to be flown over to meet their children after a children, child illegally crosses the border. Tell us what you're looking at there and how that might end up in the courts at the, in the near future. Well, you know, the Biden administration now is is working on uh, flying other family members, minors, up at taxpayer expense, flying them to the United States to reunite with the rest of their families. Um, one that's completely illegal. There's nothing that allows for that in, in, in the law, in federal law. As a matter of fact, it's a complete violation of law. So we're looking at that as a potential lawsuit because uh, it's just another way for the Biden administration to accomplish this goal of getting, I think their goal is to get 10 million uh, illegals in the country in four years. And and we're going to do our best to hold them accountable to following federal law as opposed to, in this case, not just ignoring it, but, but going in, in counter to it and, and inviting these people and paying their way. And so we're going to do our best to try to stop that. Yeah, a very important issue that I think a lot of people aren't aware that that program is going on. And a lot of times we're told the flights come in in the dead of night. If this was such a good thing, why do we hide it in the middle of the night when we're all sleeping? Such an amazing dynamic that I think you're about to expose. Um, where do you go next in terms of the Biden agenda? What are some other places that you have concern? You've obviously uh, been fighting for freedom. You get uh, the Facebook lawsuit, right? That's a big one. Um, where do you think uh, the next couple of months will take your office? Well, I mean, we're looking at, at the uh, the Remain in Mexico program. Obviously, we have lawsuits over there. We're trying to enforce that right now. However, the Biden administration is trying to change it up because they've been ordered to, to follow that law, and they're trying to change it up. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in another lawsuit over that because it was extremely effective, and they know it. That's why they don't want to do it. Yeah. We've got all these Afghans here that were never vetted, so we're looking at, at that. We've got we've got environmental issues along the border that are being created by all this illegal immigration. I haven't heard the environmentalists say a word about it, but it is a, it is a reality that, that the rivers are being polluted. The rivers being polluted, and and wow. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of pollution related to this problem. So um, we have believe me, it's every day. It's it's something new we're looking at, and and we're dealing with uh, the vaccine issue. We filed right. a lawsuit on Friday um, to try to stop them from imposing vaccine mandates on at least state related agencies that's where we would have standing uh so we're trying to we're trying to block that right now such an important uh set of issues and and you guys really are the leaders i mean uh, when you add up uh, the state's rights movement which is really powerful right now you have all these attorneys general uh, bonding together but texas has really been at the forefront and you can really begin to see that and monday we saw it up close and personal here in washington because your team was arguing before the united states supreme court how do you think those arguments went what was that experience like yeah so we had two arguments basically the same uh same issue the heartbeat texas heartbeat law right which, which, our, which our legislature passed and basically said you can't do abortions after uh, a heartbeat is detected. And it allowed for private causes of actions as opposed to the state enforcing it, somebody like me or a district attorney. I thought the arguments from our side were outstanding. I, I was uh, really happy with how we handled the, the questions. Um, it's hard to know. You know, clearly there are three liberal judges who are going to vote 
uh, against uh, allowing our law to stay in, pl- in place. But I think if, if the other six decide to join this, there, it would have to be, it's going to be extraordinary because to enjoin a state from having a law or enjoin uh, judges, state judges from ever taking a case on this would be uh, nothing short of unprecedented. And actually, Neil Gorsuch asked the Solicitor General of the United States, have we ever done this before? Have we ever enjoined state court anywhere from hearing cases? And she avoided it several times. And finally, the Solicitor General said, when the course had said, look, you haven't answered my question, please answer the question. She goes, no, we don't think it's ever happened before. So they'd have to do something pretty extraordinary that I think had, has never happened before to block our law from staying in effect. Yeah, that was a very poignant moment. In fact, the justices really seemed to be hostile to the Justice Department standing in the case. They seemed more open maybe to the abortion providers, you know, getting a, a hearing, but uh, they seemed to uh, have a lot of distrust in why the Justice Department was trying to to Bigfoot this uh, dispute that really is a state law dispute. So I was really fascinated by by that demand or by that, you know, that, that moment in the court hearings. Now, you have spoken out, I think a lot of people are just starting to absorb the gravity and the audacity of this, but the idea that Joe Biden might pay every illegal immigrant who uh, uh, was detained uh, and separated, their family separated, $450,000. What do you think of that? And what do you think the American people think of that? You know, it's disgusting. I mean, you have military people over there risking their lives, people dying for this country. And they're making, uh, you know, minimum wage or a very low salary. And he's going to incentivize even more the violation of our laws. Um, honestly, this, there's, I don't know if we've ever seen a president just spit in the face of the Constitution and spit on the face of, of federal law and just say, look, whatever I have to do to get what I want, I'm going to do. I don't care what Congress says. I don't care what the courts say. I don't care what every state wants. I'm going to do what I want. And that's what he's doing here. It's, it's, it's really almost, it's just stunning, the audacity and the arrogance, which I hope maybe a few losses will, will cause them to at least pull back to uh, maybe not rational, but nothing, nothing short of insanity. Yeah. Between the courts, there's been a lot of rebukes from the courts. Now you got the American electorate making a big statement last night all across the country, even in San Antonio, right? Didn't a Republican win in San Antonio yes. last night? Yes. That was a, that it's was been a, a long a time since that surprise. happened. No, it was a great win for us, and, and I think it's a repudiation of yeah. this, you know, this president that says, I'm not for America. I'm going to do what I want. I'm, I run the show, and I, I'm going to do what I think is best. It doesn't matter what the law says. It doesn't matter what the courts say. It doesn't matter if the entire country doesn't want it. We're going to shove it down your throat. That's what he's doing. Yeah, the resistance is a building. I think someone tweeted out a funny uh, line last night. Congratulations, Virginia, for joining the resistance. It was just a funny moment, but I think people <laughs> see what's going on. Common sense people are just, you know, you might be a Democrat, you might be a Republican, but these are bridges too far right now. Uh, last question for you. You, you. You've been in politics a long time. You have a great sense of where politics go. If you're Joe Biden and the Democrats this morning and you're huddling saying, what the heck happened last night? Do you one? Do you think they take the message, or do you think they double down on their agenda and say, "Listen, we're going to lose Congress in 2022, anyways. Let's just go all in." Where? What's your gut tell you about where, how the party reconvenes after after last night's whooping? I would guess that Joe Biden is going to try to double down. That he, he look, he, I don't think he's running the show. I think somebody behind the scenes, whether it's Obama, his people, whoever it is, they they are sacrificing Joe Biden's future, and Joe Biden doesn't know it. So. You know, the fact that Joe Biden's poll numbers or his favorable ratings are going down, down, down. I mean, 
Joe doesn't know that. Joe isn't aware of all of that. So I think that they're pushing those numbers, and they're, they're going to use him for this short period of time, and then he's not going to run again or he's going to be replaced. And I think that – but the rest of the Democrats, those who want to be reelected, may have some concerns about their future, and it may be the resistance that we need to stop the complete insanity of spending trillions of dollars on, on wasteful programs that only create more inflation – and less opportunity for Americans. Yeah, no, if you're in one of those swing districts, you have to be thinking very hard and fast about what the next year's elections are going to look like. And also, I, I, you know, it's funny, the media has been relentlessly pounding on cinema and mansion, but it seems like their resistance is much more aligned with where the electorate is than where the rest of their party is. And this morning, you think after all this, lessons, the House Democrats double down, put provisions back into the bill that Manchin said he doesn't want. It's as though, just like you said, they're going to double down and not uh, not pay attention to what the American people just spoke. Just a really remarkable uh, moment. Mr. Attorney General, I can't thank you enough. It's always an honor to have you on the show. It's always fun to cover what you're doing because you're on the forefront of a lot of legal innovation. And uh, I can't wait to get you back in the show real soon. Well, thanks for having me on. And, and you're right. There's there's more going on now than I think any time that I've been in, in politics. And it's the most important, I think, issues of, of not just, you know, right now, but the last, you know, maybe in decades and decades, because if we don't win now, they're going to take this country from us. And we're not going to have the freedom that, that we are guaranteed by our Constitution. Yeah, that's what's really at stake. It's that that big of a battle, and uh, it's been fun to chronicle it and to keep chronicling it in the months and, uh, and years ahead. Sir, thank you very much. We'll get you back soon because uh, there's always some great news going on in Texas. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, welcome back. My God, I'm exhausted. It might be because we're up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning here at Just the News headquarters here in Washington, but also because what a great set of conversations we just had with Newt Gingrich, with Ken Paxton. A lot to learn, a lot to think about, a lot to assess as we head into even a more consequential election season, the 2022 election season, where Republicans are going to try to take back control of the Congress and Democrats are going to try to retain control of Congress. I want to focus on a couple of things that I thought were headlines. I'm going to write about this now because I was inspired by it. Ken Paxton just dropped two big headlines on us. 
First is he's thinking about a new lawsuit going after the Central Americans Miners Program, challenging the lawfulness of trafficking in members from foreign countries of families that already illegally immigrate here. So we're going to bring the rest of them. The penalty for having broken our law across the board, we're going to bring your relatives over so they can join you. That he's about to challenge in court, it sounds like. And then I think he's going to do something pretty remarkable. You know, Democrats like to claim that they're the party of the environment, of climate change, of conservation. Now, history tells us that Republicans have made enormous gains. The Montreal Protocols were on Ronald Reagan's watch. That stopped the ozone depletion in our atmosphere. The early acid rain legislation was started by President George H.W. Bush. The largest water and land conservation bill in American history was passed and written and pushed by President Donald Trump. So Republicans actually have a pretty good record on conservation. But you just heard Ken Paxton say something very important. He is looking at potentially suing the government, the Biden administration, on its own turf, meaning on environmental issues. Why? Because these illegal aliens are destroying the environment, the water, the land, the crops, the natural beauty of the Texas border. Those are two headlines you got, and you got here only exclusively because you're a John Solomon Reports listener and a Just the News fan, and we're so grateful for that. Thank you, and uh, enjoy those headlines. We're going to write about them tonight. You'll wake up in the morning to stories that amplify what we just heard on this podcast. Now, one last thing. I want to make one final plea tonight. If you have a special veteran in your life, and we all do, somebody, a fighting man, a fighting woman who served in our armed services, I want you to do something special for them this Veterans Day. You'll accomplish three goals with this. One, you'll feel good about what you did. Two, you'll put a smile and some happiness into the life of someone who dedicated their life, their career to public service, a military veteran. And three, when you buy from our good friends at Omaha Steaks and you send a steak package to your favorite veteran, you're going to help support the journalism of Just the News of John Solomon Report. So I want you to go to omahasteaks.com if you can, if you can afford it, if you have the belief and passion, you want to make a difference in a veteran's life this Veterans Day, which, by the way, is only a week away. Go right now to omahasteaks.com. Put in the search bar the term, one word, Just News. You're going to come up with a specific package. It's 50% off the actual cost of the meat. You're getting a crazy deal, and you can go send it to the veteran in your life. I just did it to a hero veteran in my life who I'm going to surprise on Veterans Day. I hope he's not listening because then I will have tipped him off. But I'm going to send it to my dad who served during the Vietnam War era. We're going to get those out. You can do the same thing. I would love to have 1,000 listeners go out onto Omaha Steaks and go buy this package and send it to some extraordinary veteran, friend, family member, loved one, colleague at work, somebody you met on the street, someone you were inspired by because you read their story on Just the News or some other thing. But let's go make a difference. I want to make a difference this Veterans Day. It's one of my favorite holidays along with Memorial Day. My family takes it seriously. We made our Omaha Steaks buys their scent. I hope you do the same. All right, folks, God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country of the United States of America, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Report. Special thank you to Newt Gingrich, Ken Paxton for making time on a busy day after the election. We got a lot out of those extraordinary interviews. God bless and good night. We talk to you again tomorrow with more breaking news here at Just the News.